ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Top 8 Magic. This is part two of the Top 8 Magic limited review. Uh, we covered Woob yesterday and now we're going to do Erg and then Wooberg after that. So, uh, Sweet, how do you have uh, red ranked here in your uh, colors when you uh, think about the basics of this draft format? It cycles very well. Yeah, it cycles and it also uh, pay off, pays off for cycling very well. It pays off for cycling. It spells reasonably often. Um, so it has some stuff. It does have a distinct lack of that very top where you're really happy with red in most sets are common. Like, but that also means that people don't get pulled in the same way. Like, Fire Prophecy is the only really obviously ridiculous common in red. And people pass that card. Right. I so don't I was, know why. I got to do a draft with Reed Duke today on the coverage for Channel Fireball. He hadn't done a draft yet, so we... We had a little while before the coverage started, you know, for people who were actually playing. So we just did a draft. And, you know, he was trying to be green-white with his early picks. And then there was a third or fourth pick fire prophecy. And it was like, oh, okay, let's let's dip our toe into red here. And before you know it, all of those sort of like pretty good but not super high-end cards started coming our way in red and eventually just put together a really good, you know, blue-red cycling and spells deck yeah right now we're seeing scorching dragon fire still being played in standard over fire prophecy presumably because you need to remove the luris that's there literally every game <laughs> they don't bring it back but although although it was interesting when we were doing so we saw a couple of those luris cat decks that were out there yeah we did see that uh looking at the field at least four uh, cat decks were playing Loris, but not as their companion. Loris is arguably a pretty broken magic card without the companion line. Correct. I think that was my point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think Loris might get banned, even if they change the companion rule. It would not shock me if Loris got banned anyway. I mean, it would be surprising because it's still a three-drop creature. Right. But. Like when I play Luris, like I played, I had a I had a Luris Companion Limited deck that actually got there, and yeah, it felt like okay. So on turn five, you're down two cards, and it only gets worse from here. Right. So if I if I set the over under at number of formats, Luris gets banned in at two. That's not high enough, right? Because yeah. oh, the, line, the line has to be two and a half. You can't restrict it in Vintage because it's there every game. So it has to be banned. And it pretty much has to be banned in Modern, right? So there's, those two are gimmies. Right. So two and a half is the lowest line you can set. And in two and a half, you probably still slam the over. I slam the over because I think it's banned in Standard. <laughs> also, probably Legacy. And, and also Legacy, I would assume. Sure. Like, there's got to be silly tricks. I do, do they get around to banning things in Legacy still? I think they do. Okay. I, I can't imagine 
in a world in which you're allowed to play Mishra's Bobble. <laughs> and nobody needs to play cards that cost more than 200 permanents. How you can possibly think giving this as a free card can possibly end okay? In a world where you're allowed to play Lion's Eye Diamond. Well, yes, okay, sure, but that, that, that requires some effort, yeah, right? Yeah, that's fair. Like, that's not just free, but Mishra's Bobble is just dumb. One of, my, like, one of my favorite, one of my favorite magic cards of all time, honestly. Yeah, it, it's a fine card, but I'm just saying in context, the fact that that exists is just dumb. So, but back to back to limited. You know, I think that if I'm looking at the red commons, number one with a bullet is fire prophecy. Yeah, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. That card is underrated by everyone. I had it in my top ten. The set, I think that it's 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 been everything I thought it would be when I played. It's so I, I've had multiple opportunities now where I'm pretty firmly in red, have a decent amount of removal, and I'm I'm leaning heavily on cycling, and I've had to choose between prickly marmoset and fire prophecy, and not because either of them, are, and not because I'm picking either of them early. They're both coming around the table to me, in the same pack, and I, I I've I, I'm gonna say prickly marmoset is I usually just take the fire prophecy. But the fact that I consider Marmoset so high has to have that be, that has to be one of the top commons, assuming you have some payoff for it. Marmoset is very, very good when you have the payoffs. I can see taking it over Fire Prophecy. If you already have removal, you don't have the payoffs and you have a bunch of cycling. Yeah. But Fire Prophecy, the fact that you get to put a card in the bottom, right, allows those decks to solve their problem where they flood. Right. So Fire Prophecy will often just be a cantrip incinerate, effectively, because you put the fifth land in the bottom and you never, you're never going to need it. Right. You know, or something like that, because you're going to continue to draw a land to turn for the rest of the game anyway, and the games where you don't have land, you cast this on turn two and you get to cycle away a spell and try to find another land. So it is so helpful. Um, I think I have Fire Prophecy number one, and then I think the second best red common is Dread of Stinger. I, I have that right up there as well. That That's definitely one of my most... I mean, anything with Cycling 1, we, as we've talked about already, is is pretty high up on my list. But... Dreadfinger uh, yeah, Dread is a Cycling 1 card that makes you sad when you cycled. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's both a cycler and a payoff. Right. You'd rather cast a spell. Occasionally you cycle. Today I had the today I had the fun job of cycling it followed by immediately playing it out of the graveyard of Flores. Ooh. But that's not something you have to do every day. But most of the time, like this is a card that cycles for one. That's and a you standard play deck it without too, right? cycling. What? That was in your standard deck too, right? Yeah, you'd play this card without the cycling one on it. Not in my Zerta deck because it wouldn't be legal. But like otherwise, you would absolutely play this card just to have a two-drop that does something useful. Right. It gets you off the ground, and it can be a central part of it. I've had as many as six. People just don't take this card like it's a good card unless they're dedicated cycling, it seems. And they're just wrong. This card is a 2-2 two -two with cycling one for one R. Like, just a grizzly bear that cycles for one. Is it an insane card already? Right? It's just not as high impact as getting a fire prophecy is why I have it at two. Right. Right? And then... After that, sort of the next tier is Prickly Marmoset, Rumbling Rock Slide, and Go for Blood, in my mind. Sure. I, I think I agree. 
I agree with all those. You know, I might I might shuffle around the board or a tiny bit based on archetype, but I think in the dark, that's that's definitely true. Rumbling Rockslide is is being way underdrafted by people uh, on Arena right now. Yeah, Rumbling uh, Rockslide, it, it's a four mana sorcery speed removal spell, but it basically always kills everything in this format. Yeah, it's very rare that it won't kill what you want it to kill, and that. Solves whatever problems you actually had. I, I love the second decks to have a few spells that just pay you off, that just remove things so that you can get through and you cycle through and you find them. And I find this card to be great. Go for Blood, obviously, is a cycling one that can be very good when it's good. And it's not just good some of the time, you know, a little bit every now and then. It's good like half the time. Right. Except in the decks that I'm drafting, getting the cycle for one is so good that I don't cast this very often. But that doesn't mean that it's not a really good spell, right? Like there are plenty of formats where you would play this card about second one and like it. Right. Right, just two mana fight. Like, yeah, I'll take that card in, in many formats. I'm not gonna be thrilled with it, but it's still definitely making my deck reasonably right. often. And cycling one, so that if there's no good fight, you just cycle. You just need a mana, you, you, know, you need a land, you cycle. It's amazing. Rock slides removal. Prickly Marmoset, even when you don't have it, they don't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty scary. Especially also once you bring in some of like the uh cycling ability cards too. You know, like cards that cycle and then give a an ability counter to something. And you could do some pretty pretty grotesque things with that card. This card goes so crazy in the right deck, and in the wrong deck, it's just a good creature. Right? It's a 2-3 first striker. It's 4-3 first strike when it counts, when you need it to be, if you have men untapped, probably. And they have to respect that. You can never block this creature. No one has ever blocked a Brooklyn Marmoset successfully, right? But <laughs> no. they were about to die. Yeah. Uh, have first, first striker on the black side, but like it's just it's always, always bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a terrifying card. And again, with Cycling being so cheap at one, like you can have two mana up and that represents possibly plus four plus zero on this card, which is not something that would necessarily be true in previous limited formats that had a, a similar version of this card. Yes, and people have called my bluff when they think I can't possibly have three cycling cards and they're all <laughs> Yeah. Whether or not I had all three when I started, that's not for me to know and him to wonder about, right? But I definitely had three by the end of it. <laughs> they insist on calling it luck. They uh, do. Um, so let's talk about some of the some of the less obvious cards in, in, in common. And I'm just curious. I'll just go through them. You could just tell me what your take is on some of these cards. I mean, Blazing Volley is like a sideboard card that you're going to play you're going to not even go to your sideboard for a lot of the time, but it certainly has its place. But the card that people keep playing that I've been really super underwhelmed by is Blister Spit Gremlin. So Blazing Volley, in my mind, is basically unplayable. There are scenarios where you would play it. They involve, like, the white 3-1 uncommon that generates 1-1s, for example. Yes. Or you just, you're just desperate to have a good solution to that. But short of that, or various different, like the all-in token generation decks, maybe, but like, yeah, I have yet to want one out of my sideboard, whether I had one to bring in or not, in, right. a, in a match. 
Um, Blue Jasper Goblin is a Grimmsnarl Gremlin is unplayably bad. This is not a debate. This card it is. is it is a card that feels like cards that have been good in previous limited formats. But I, I agree with you that one mana activation really makes it difficult to have enough operating mana to ever use this card effectively to overcome the fact that it's a one, one for one, you know, which is just, you're just so behind everything all your opponents are doing. This is not a format where you win one point at a time. Yeah. It's also not a format where you have spare mana lying around because you're too busy cycling with it. Right. Right. You don't, you don't ever want to be activating this card early. Or something's very wrong. Like, yeah, eventually, every time you do a, you do you cast a spell, it does one damage. But it's pathetically terrible. Like, this card does not cycle. People need to remind themselves: this card does not cycle. Right. This card is about as good as heightened reflexes. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, it's possible we're underestimating heightened reflexes. That's that nobody has ever played it in a game of Magic that I've seen. Oh, I you know I played it today. Yeah. I uh, I needed to play every single card i have a sort of a yorian cycling deck so it's a, it's a 60 card deck and right. i really needed to cut a land right i just didn't have any other options i had every cycling card and i still just had too many lands and so i was like you know what i think i would rather have a super marginal combat trick than one more land here and i played it and, and it was great <laughs> we're probably underestimating this card because first strike is not is not a joke. Like you get a trade suddenly, your creature first strikes permanently, only cost you one mana. It's probably fine. I'd certainly rather play it in the gremlin. Yeah, I, I, I was start, I was able to I was able to I had I had so worth noting also for this comparison, I had two gremlins in my sideboard that I never even considered bringing in. Right, because they don't do anything. Whereas right. having reflexes, like to me, this is a card you play if you're playing Yorian, Zerda, or Kahira. Right. Right, if you're playing any of those, you're gonna have to stretch for cards, and this is fine. Right, this 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 does what you need it to do in those situations. Right. Also, combat tricks are much better if you have a companion, because there's one creature you always have. Right. Right. So your your ability to predictably be able to use your combat tricks goes way up. So we may be underestimating those tricks for that reason. Yeah. So, right. Then we have a cathartic reunion. This card does a lot of good things. For some decks. There are places where this card is very, very good. Yeah. I like uh, having yeah, I like having one in my cycling decks when I can because it just means you can't flood. Right. You flood, I, you dump I, your rain. Yeah. I've I've had it I've played with it twice, both times now. It's in a in a Yorian deck. Well the Yorian deck is great because that just hurts your deck. Right. So yeah, it's always been, there's basically no counter spells in the format to worry about. You have to worry about convolute, right, and theoretically neutralize, but it's pretty easy to not actually expose this card. It only costs two. Right. So you get to discard two, draw three. There's a few cards that reward you actively for doing that, and you sometimes have them, and sometimes you have ominousies. Yeah, which I, I have in my deck right now also, so. I have one in the deck I just drafted as well. People do not understand that card. I got it so late. It was I, I, was ran, I was randomly watching a limited review because it just auto played on YouTube. And I thought, oh, let's see what they have. 
And this person actively disliked Ominous Seeds, thought it wasn't a card that you were simply playing. Whereas I once, I think I once cycled it, and I was so sad that I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's too late for this card. It's going to be over one way or another by then, but I'm so sad about this. Like, this card is so good. I feel bad passing it when I take the rare. It's, 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 it's a really, really good card. Like, people, I've been, it's been up and up and up. I had a deck today that won entirely with two ominous, with two ominous seats. Yeah. That was the I, entire I, game. I, I won my match, but I was really sad because I played a turn two ominousy, and then my opponent, uh, who also had a cycling deck that dipped into three colors, was able to use a wilt. Ooh, yeah, I, I have done that. I, I have killed multiple ominousy. It, it's yeah. been kind of. Um, all right, let's keep going through the con. Yeah, Cathartic Reunion is is a fine card. It's just there's a there's a lot of good red commons that. I, I think it just it just falls in that nineteenth to twenty third card slot, and you're you're never that unhappy to have it, and you just kind of gotta keep it in mind when you're playing with that card in your deck that maybe you want to pump the brake on some of your lands once you can do all the things you want to do. Yeah, and I want to say like I understand what they're doing with the artwork, but also no, with forbidden friendship and reunion. <laughs> I get it. It's like. It's a forbidden friendship, and then they were reunited, and it's so good. <laughs> but no, I don't know which card I have. This is really bad. They're both red oh, common. Don't do that. That's true. <laughs> um, so what? One of the couple couple cards, Cloud Piercer and Ferocious Tigerilla, have both been strictly filler material for me that I'm really looking to as easy cuts so far at this point in the format. How, how about you? So to me, Ferocious Tigerilla and Cloud Piercer. I mean, Ferocious Tigerilla is a card that's like, it's not, ah, it's a 4-3 menace. Trample is a very, very strange thing to do. Like, it's almost like, in case you're about to mutate a creature that has menace on it, onto this card, you can choose Trample. <laughs> the same way that with, um, with the flying first strike choice, if you choose first strike, probably the creature is about to be mutated to have flying anyway. Right. Like, on priors. Sometimes you want first strike. This is even rarer. I have yet to see myself or my opponent take trample. Everyone always takes menace. And I think they've always been correct. Right. Um, but the thing is, it's a really annoying creature. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Like, you don't want to play it exactly. But right. if you just want a reasonable creature, there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with Cloud Piercer. Cloud Piercer is like a 5 4 for 5, which is a little below rate, but whatever. But occasionally you mutate it for 4, you smack people for 5 immediately, and you get to discard away and draw something useful. Like, I don't mind that card at all. Like, the sort of, I love the existence of Ferocious Tigerilla, Cloud Piercer, the underrated Lava Serpent, which is much better than the cards we're talking about. I, Lava I love Lava Serpent. Lava Serpent is actively very good. Like, I didn't quite put it in the second tier, but it's like dust behind those cards. Right. And the existence of those cards allows Red, whenever you want to, to make sure that your deck, like, has plenty of power in it and can always put up a good fight. Right, the way green used to be able to do. And now red can do that. It's kind of weird. So you, right? like, you basically have deck velocity, but then you also have some top end. That Right, you have a, you have a top end that costs you so little. Right? Your top, you, you can fight without having to commit to fighting. You also have perfectly playable cards like Frenzied Raptor. Right? Just lying around in case you're a card short. Which is right. what happened to me earlier today. Right. 
right? I, I, like, just, to I, I like to think I like to think of it as an onboard trick that you hope some will, will get a will get a card from your opponent. I think that's a very reasonable way to put it. <laughs> now, later, Wolverine uh, is you know not quite as good in general, but like if you have the right cycling deck, this card is a monster. Yeah, if you're cycling memory leaks and frostvale ambushes and startling developments the entire game, this card turns on very quickly. And a three-two double striker for three mana is a very, very right. And and then also is a great mutate target once you've turned that on. Very much so. Yeah. So and then and also like the back end of red is making claws. Shredded sails. These cards are cycling with up, with substantial upside. Yes, right. kill the fire. No joke. One, one, of the we did, one of the cards we didn't talk about is Pyceratops. Pyroceratops. Sorry. Uh, yeah, how, how do you feel about how about that in your sort of in our ranking of like the tier two and a half red common creatures? This is a card I never want to be wanting until I know for sure. Like, if you're playing the spell deck and you have a ton of spells that you actually cast as opposed to cycling them, you're going to want to have one or two Pyroceratops in your deck, right? Maybe you'd be okay with three. And it's also kind of a... I play this card, and eventually it's going to be large. So the card counts as a card if I didn't get there and my deck's up. <laughs> right? My deck is playing, like, lots of high mediocrity. Eventually it's turned into a large tramp where my opponent does have to deal with it. Right. So it's probably a card that plays better than it feels in many it's, ways. Yeah, it's a nice card with startling development. Um, you know, you get the counter before startling development re re resolves. You know, maybe you already have a counter on it. So suddenly you have like either a 5-5 five, five or a 6-6 six, six in combat that maybe your opponent wasn't expecting. I, I, I found it to be good, but like, Less so in the cycling decks and more so in the in the spell decks that have yeah, a decent amount of under, cycling. He's underperforming for me, but you know, in terms of just both for my opponents and for myself, but it definitely feels like oh, I was fine. You know, they, they didn't hate that. It just didn't didn't impress me at all. And yeah. so the only card we haven't talked about is tentative is tentative connection. Uh, it's a weird card, right? Like if you have menace, you get to do this for cheap. <laughs> which is, I don't, I, I sort of get it, but this is just not a set where you want threat, right? There's, there's two black cards that let you sacrifice creatures to good effect. You have a bunch of them in your deck. Sure, I, you can do them, but you, I don't you, think I don't think that's the role threat effects generally play in limited right now. Uh, I mean, I think it's been certainly for the last set we we've had a fair amount of sacrifice abilities to to pair with, you know, whatever, um, you know, threatens that we, we've been given to work with. But I think in general, the, the threaten and limited now is really this, this tempo play of, you know, just constantly, just putting your opponent under an incredible amount of pressure, forcing them to try to stabilize behind some big, you know, play that takes up a lot more of their mana than anything you've done this far. And then, you sink four mana in, steal their thing, and just get in for a lethal alpha strike. It's possible. I, it feels like the format's not about that. Sure. But I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And the last card that we kind of skipped over for good friendship, aside from commenting on the artwork. And 
you know, this is an obvious like giant sign on a tent that says we are of one mind, right? Like we yes. are definitely of one mind. And that's what it's for, as far as I can tell. Like if you find a spell that that includes another spell but also needs a creature, or you are of one mind, you love this card. Otherwise, this card is high pillar. Right. Like it's not gonna punish you too much, but you don't want to be playing it. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been fine. Um Lots of decent red uncommons here. I've been uh, pretty happy with, with red uncommons in general. Yeah. Uh, card I want to ask you about is uh, another card that's been going around very late and seems like a card that's not as hard to use as it might have been in previous sets, but that's Blitz of the Thunder Raptor. This is no fire prophecy. No, 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 it's not. But you know, you 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 know, you don't always get the fire prophecy, and you know the fire prophecies. People should start figuring that out soon, and maybe they'll go to, around a little less uh, aggressively as they've been going. But like, it, certainly, this seems like a card you you must be able to play pretty easily in your decks if you have as many like frostvale ambushes and and other cycling one cards that we've talked about quite a bit, startling developments, those kind of things. Oh, I would definitely play this card in decks that are cycling enough fell. Right? You have to look at what you're cycling for one, right? No, it's a bunch of creatures that can help you. But if you've got the spells, you've got the cycling spells especially, definitely a fine card. It's just there are definitely a bunch of decks where I would not have been able to play it. Right? Where sure. you, you're playing red, I just I can't risk it. There's too many ways this card doesn't do the thing I need it to do. The upside, when it does do the thing is not that high because it's already a relatively late turn. So the fact that this is cheaper for what it does than it should be, right, isn't that exciting? That, like, I get to do three or four damage instead of two or something? Or, you know, it's not that great, right? Like, it's no flame spell, certainly. Sure. Oh, no, no. I mean, you would never, you would never take this over flame spell. You would never take it over fire prophecy, you would never take it over Rumbling Rock Slide. Uh, I wouldn't take it over um, the the fight card, Go for Blood. I can uh, see taking this. Over, I can see taking this over Rock Slide or Fire or Go for Blood if it's pack three, and I know where I'm at. Right? I just, if I just know this works, and I'm not playing in Pod, then sure, why not? Right? How many but, how many instants and sorceries do you want in your deck? if you're going to think about playing this card. I'm not sure exactly. I probably want something like 10, but okay. uh, certainly having cycling one is different, right? Because like, you just draw more cards and you cycle through them quickly and you get them into the yard and then you draw more cards. So you have to think about exactly what happens with your deck, right? There are decks where this clearly would have been very good for me, uh, where you just reliably have it. And there are decks where this is like, do one damage, and you're sad. <laughs> you have to keep that in mind. Uh, so yeah, Red, no, Red has some good stuff here. Reptilian Reflection is a house. Yep. The 5-4 Trample and Haste and remarkably hard to deal with reasonably often. Yeah, and you know, this, this is it's very easy to have this card attacking as early as turn four, like with you playing it on turn four, right? Like play it find a one mana cycler, you know, you go prickly marmoset on turn three, you play this on turn four, you cycle a frostbell ambush and 
You're attacking for nine. Yeah, probably 12. Eh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I can't. But yes, now this card is pretty ridiculous when you get there. And it's just right now, it's very easy to get there. Well, that will stay true. Who's to say? Like, reds, reds and commons are loaded. This is why I love red so much. Like, Sanctuary Smasher, like, is not only, it's the best kind of uncommon because it's a card I love that people don't get. Right. Like, this card is bonkers. Let's be very clear on this. This card is bonkers, right? This card plays way better than it looks. And it looks really good. Like, it's... Six four first strike is very, very hard to beat on the battlefield. It just rules the battlefield. And you cycle, and you cycle with a combat trick. Right. A reasonable combat trick. So I'm pretty, very, very happy. It's like, you know, we talked about getting a 5-5 five, five haste creature for six mana, cycling two, and being like, this is really good. This is the good <laughs> version. Right? This is the better version of that. It's even better. Uh, Rotting Moloch. Yeah, I've, I've been very wow. happy with this card. Yeah, like this is the kind of card that's like, it will never be played in Constructed because it's too much mana, but wow, in normal limited games, does this card just go crazy? Like you, just, you just get an extra card off of your 4-4 four, four, four for 5, and it cycles in a pinch. Right. Or in case you have two of them, you can chain them, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's pretty narrow. I, so, how good a Clash of Titans have you seen so far? I've, I mean, I've, I've, I've gotten a clean two for one with it, uh, you know, a couple times. I, I haven't had it be insane yet. Like, I haven't made Godzilla fight King Kong, right? Which is the dream. My opponent killed two Krakens with it this morning. Oh, God. <laughs> I had two hominid feeds. I activated one of them to block, and I activated the other one, and then he just went. Bong. <laughs> that's pretty good. You still win that game? Pretty much later, I made two more and killed them. But yeah, that's not the story. Nice. Yeah. But it was still really good. Um, but yeah, so you're looking around. You have Momentum Rumbler. It never seems to actually work. But it, in theory, it should be really good. Yeah, I think this is a card that you really want even maybe more in the blue-red mutate deck. You know, which is not some, I know not something you're doing much, but that's a great, that's a great thing to put a, on a Dreamtail Heron or something along, or to put a Dreamtail Heron on uh, and, you know, really get in and sort of have that double striking flyer and get a card in the process and, you know, all that you good that, stuff. You need that way to get through, right, the first time. Yeah. To get to the first strike. So then you have double strike when you attack again. And now you're really hard to deal with. But it still just doesn't feel like it's it hasn't it hasn't been as powerful as I expected it to be. It's definitely okay. I'm happy to play it, but it hasn't been as impressive as I would have thought. Um Yeah, I mean it's a tough yeah. it, I mean you look at like some of the other creatures, what you get for three and four mana. And you know, a, a hill giant is even with upside is is a little is a little difficult. To uh, justify. Yeah. I'd much rather have like a footfall crate. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, have you have you played Weaponize the Monsters yet? I have not, no. Yeah, I I haven't either. And I, I really thought 
it was going to be a card I liked uh, more when I was looking at the spoiler in advance. But it, it, I just have not that the the format has not played out in a way where no. that's been an opportunity to to it's do anything. A lot that. of mana. It's just a lot of mana. It's I'm having to sacrifice the creatures. I got twelve <laughs> and a purple with Goblin Bombardment in my main deck when no one else had it. And still think it was correct. But this is just so hard to use properly. I see it in play and it did nothing. Right. It's just not worth it. Because also the rules don't work right anymore, right? You can't put damage to the stack. So it's very hard to get this to do much. Right. And and also I think if if mutate worked the way bestow does, um, you might be more interested in this. Right? You know. Sacrifice my mutate stack, you know, get two creatures fall off and become uh, become creatures that I can then sacrifice. You know, like where you get yeah, to like, we're talking. Sure. get value and then do stuff and, you know, have this ability to maybe turtle up behind these creatures and fling them at your opponent for the last couple points of damage. But eh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been, I've been so unimpressed. I've had so few games where my problem was doing the last few points of damage as opposed to getting control of the board. Right. It's almost always the person who does the more impressive thing who gets control wins the game. And occasionally you have a, you know, a who was ahead by one turn, who has the right combat, who has the right trick at the end, but that just doesn't seem to be what happens in my experience. Those games are rare. Yeah. So I did play a Footfall Crater today, but out of oh, my really? graveyard. Out of my graveyard. Okay. Oh, it's and then line, right? nothing else I could play. So it's like, okay, I guess I'll put this on something. <laughs> yeah, I have I have not played that card yet and have not. Oh, it has cycling one. I didn't even realize that. I should, probably should be willing to play that card. Yeah. I forgot I, I had actually, trample. I actually didn't know it had cycling one. Yeah, I actually forgot it gave trample. It might have done something. It possibly <laughs> got an extra point of damage somewhere. Um, then, okay, so Frill Skill Mentor. As I said, all the mentors are pretty good. Menace is a remarkably useful skill. Occasionally you get to pump stuff up. This has been one of the unimpressive mentors on a relative basis. Like it just it's kind of awkward the timing pretty sure. often. You know, finding something useful to put menace on on turn three is is not easy. But it's still, you know, the the numbers aren't that bad. So I'm happy to have it. But I've stopped I've stopped treating these as like, oh, this just takes over the game. This is amazing. I should just prioritize these. They're just you know, reasonable cards. Let's not yeah. get excited anymore. And I think the last card is Porky Parrot. Which is like, but basically the cards with Mutate, you really, you, your experience with Unlimited, you've just kind of avoided them for the most part. The problem with this card is if you don't mutate with it, it's pretty bad. Right. Right? It's a three, four with no tax. So you were committed to mutate. It's three mana and two cards to make a three-four, probably. That then can ping things. But if there's nothing worth pinging, you are just so far behind on cards. And if they kill it and you don't kill anything with the ping, it's so, so bad. And obviously, occasionally, you'll make a superstructure and go down your entire, your entire team or something. But in my experience, this has been high mediocrity every time anybody has played it. And it's being drafted where it's much better than yeah, I mean the the dream. I think people are drafting it on the dream of mutating onto a glimmer bell and getting their horseshoe crab hermetic study uh, nostalgia on. 
I have yet to see anybody pull that off. I would love to see somebody pull that off just for, you know. <laughs> I like that sort of thing. Yeah, it does. It does ping your opponent as well as, as as creatures or planeswalkers or whatever. Right, it's any target, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, it's it, it feels like it's a very very specific deck that wants this and can can make good use of it. That sounds right to me. The very specific deck one, but that yeah. yeah, yeah, and even then, and even then, that I know that that in general that process of putting eggs in a basket is one that you're kind of loathe to do when you're playing a game limited. There's a lot of removal around because the decks are much smaller than you think they are. So even though there aren't that many removal cards per se. That's a that's a great insight. That's, yeah, a, that's just, a great insight. Yeah, they're just yeah, creatures die in my experience. Creatures <laughs> just die. And you should be prepared for your creatures to die. And that's just how it is. Moving on to black, the first thing I noticed because I'm on arena looking at these cards. You mean green, right? What? We did black yesterday. We're doing green next. That's right. Yeah, I was just noting from black that, like, wow, there's oh. six cards here I haven't drafted at all in common. <laughs> like, wow. Green, everything's lit. Um, and the only cards, of the, of the two cards, I only have, there are three cards I have one copy of, and one of them I love. I just never get it. So, it's just weird. Like, looking at Fertilin. But sure. uh, I just, other people want it more than I do. Like, I, I want it. But I don't, you know, I'm not obsessed. Well, so, um, so what's, what is the best green common? I, I know what I, th I think mine is, for me, it's ram through. So on day one, you have to assume it's ram through, right? It's a removal spell that probably works if you're playing green. Yep. It costs two mana, and it might even do extra damage. How do you turn this down? Yeah, I, I, I haven't been able to yet. I've had decks with quite a few of them. But I don't think that every green deck will pick Ram through over other cards. I think it's just this is the way I want to start matters, certainly. But I'm looking and like how many green creatures, how many green commons are there that you can imagine somebody wanting to take over Ram through? Uh, let's see. I could, I can. At common, I can make a case for Humble Naturalist. I have definitely had decks that wanted Humble Naturalist above all the other green commons. That is not that weird, right? It's yeah. I'm not a DK deck, but I do want to accelerate. I'm running a bunch of colors, especially, but even if I'm not, just I just want to do this thing. You know, I just want multiple copies of this. I think the same can be made for Essence India. Just if you are a mutate deck. And you want good creatures to enable mutate. Yes. And you're short. Like, there's a time when you would just be willing to take Essence and be over Ram for it. Right. Um, similarly, Migratory Greathorn. If yep. your deck is set up to do it, and you're just trying to build monstrosities already, and you can make the monstrosities bigger, you just need to do that. Right? Like, that's more important than your removal right now, is right. making this work. And then there's the case of Greater Sandstorm. Greater Sandworm, of course. I, I love Greater Sandworm. <laughs> I, I am playing a deck that contains Greater Sandworm as the only green card and a forest. And a right. forest? I guess you have a couple of gain lands. I have two gain lands and two crystal. Okay. 
But I thought, you know what? This deck needs a little bit more oops. I don't think this creator's handworm cycles very often. I think I hold on to this thing for a while. Reasonably, yes. reasonably often. I think I need to plan for this to be a finisher in games where, like, if I don't draw ominous seeds or the three one at the start of the game, I need a way to win the game. And in those games, I need to hold on to greater sandworm. So I need a farm. And I'm just going deep on this format. Like these cycling decks have gone way out of control. I have Zerda, so I needed to you know, <laughs> make a get. Let's just put it that way. My other big options were not available. But and also, and then there's Fertilid, right? If you if you're mutating on Fertilid, if you've got some mana fixing or acceleration you want to be doing, that card is just often very very good. If I started to draft Fertilid, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. Right. Like you have a lot more flexibility. A card that's actually gone up for me from uh, from my initial impressions is Almighty Brushwag. Uh, not yeah. necessarily, not you know, it's it's a fine target to mutate onto, right? It comes down early, you get to mutate onto it, and it's like it's like we talked about like how bad the the Goblin was as a one drop because it's just like so useless in the late game. This really does give you something nice to do in the late game. And I, I've had games where I've activated this twice in a turn. This is the opposite of the Goblin, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. When it matters, this guy brings his A game. He just rams <laughs> in. Like, you mutate onto him, and you've got trample and pumping. Yeah. Right? And you only paid one mana for that. Right. Like, you know, eat my dust, mysterious egg. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been I've been surprised by it. It was definitely a card I was uh undervaluing early on in my drafts. And uh also just are, like sometimes you end up with these weird, like, you know, you've talked about them, these like multicolor decks that are just going for some late game power. You know, maybe maybe there's like a an ultimatum of some kind or some other, you know, big payoff card. And you just need something like the Brushwag to, like, bridge the gap until that, to that point. This card is glue, right? It, it yeah. makes your deck work. Yeah. And he's like an unsung, you know, it's an unsung hero, right? But it's a hero nonetheless, yeah. right? Still, still your hero. And, like, a lot of this, yes, it's green just got tools to do the things you want green to do, right? Green has a lot of mana fixing, right? There's three commons that search for lands of any color or provide mana of any color, and they're all good. Great Horn, Naturalist, and Fertilin. And you have a mentor Right. Right? So it's very, very easy to get green ducks that can do their thing, right? And just assemble a lot of mana of whatever colors you want, combined with the gain lands and the tri lands and the crystals and cycling and everything else. So I'm very excited to do that. I have started essentially just always ending up in cycling because these people keep passing it to me. <laughs> I did one in a row. I haven't posted yet because I want to you know, post the result with it. But it's just, if you keep passing these cards, I don't have a choice. What am I going to do? Like, these green cards are fine. Adventurous Impulse has never been worse, kind of. Yeah, I haven't been... I have not, I mean, I haven't been green very often, but I haven't been happy with that card. The problem with Adventurous Impulse is you need your cycling one cards to be the creature. <laughs> right. And, right. Right. And well, yeah. for you also, you're playing like these 13 land decks. 
you're going to whiff a bunch. <laughs> well, you're a creature. So if, you're, if you've got a bunch of drawn stingers, right, and other creatures that cycle, and you've got a bunch of three sexes, then you're not going to miss very often because a lot of your, your spell cantrips are hit. And that's fine. The problem being that, yeah, I'm very reluctant to play cards that require colored mana that are supposed to find me mana. Because I'm counting on not eating it. Right? I've been keeping hands that don't have an in color of mana all the time. <laughs> because I am going to draw an extra card on turn one and two extra cards on turn two. And on turn three, if I don't have a color, there might be an issue. Or I might have something to do with other colors. Who knows? I've drawn how many cards? I've drawn a new hand. Like, why would I go get the six when I'm not to draw six cards the next three turns? Right. Right? I can draw my new hand anyway. I'll probably have what I need, or else I wouldn't be going to find it. <laughs> it's just common sense right there. So, there's that. And then, you know, the cards we haven't talked about, there's sort of the green creatures that you don't want to play with varying degrees of not wanting to play them. I, I thought Bristling Boar was going to be better when I misunderstood how Mutate worked. Right? Like, early when I thought you, like, kind of, like, stacked the creatures on top of each other, maybe combined their powers and toughnesses or something. I was like, oh, Bristling Boar seems like this might be a good target to mutate onto. Well, it's but, if you put Menace on it, right? then it literally can't be blocked, right? That's kind of cool. But... But yeah, no, I mean, Bushwing Boar is sort of on the high end in many ways of that of that list. It's a, right, there are plenty of, we've played this card in enough M some number formats <laughs> to know that you don't actually get punished much for playing Bushwing Boar, you just don't benefit. That's that's a great way to put it, yeah. Fine. It's one color of covered mana. There's no drawback. It's remarkably annoying for many decks to block. When they do block it, they're often trading their reasonably large guy for it. No, it's fine. Whatever. You know, Excavation Mole, again, like it's 3-3 three, three for 3 with Trample. If you don't actually worry about decking yourself, you know, I've been very scared of this card. <laughs> I, I get very low on cards quite often. Well, you're playing Yorian now, so just do your yeah. best, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you, know, you have, like, the cut below that when you have, like, your Moss, your moss Coat Goriath, where if you're playing this card, something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> that's the 6-6. Uh, six, six. Oh, no, that's the 2-4. Two, four. Two, four. Vigilance, yeah. You're playing yeah, Vigilance Tribal. Not the end of the world. Maybe you have Vigilance Tribal. Maybe you have a lot of Mutate. You just want a Vigilance creature, but it's, it's not good. The... The flycatcher, three five for five, similarly, like your life is not going the way you wanted today if you're playing this card. I, I've sideboarded it in more than a few times. Well, I can definitely just sideboard it in. I can, you know, three five reach. Yeah. Four vigilance, both are reasonably useful in the right situation. By contrast, honey mammoth, I don't mind. You've got a lot of acceleration. The four life actually matters in terms of what that kind of deck wants to do. And you play a bunch of six sixes, like you often have the situation where you play Honey Man if you gain the four life and you actually can't lose from there because you've seen your deck with so much power and now you're above the threshold where they can plausibly alpha strike you to death. And now you're just pretty safe. And now you're happy. And then you've got like the green tricks that like nobody wants, right? Is the last, the rest of the, the rest of the, the commons? Fully grown. Um... 
is, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm just so used to that costing two now, but to put a trample counter on something, I have to pay a, I have to pay an extra mana is, is a little, I, I haven't, I have not wanted to play that card if I can avoid it. This is worse, for example, than in many formats, the card, target creature gets plus three plus three for one G, you may pay one if you do put a trample counter on this creature. That's fair. I would writers. I would like that card a lot more, yes. There are better writers than that on many punk spell in other formats. I mean, obviously, this card will just kill people, right? But this format is designed such that this card doesn't do that, right? It's just, you're not going to kill people by playing this and then only they get trampled over for a billion. It just doesn't happen very often. Right. But I have played it in one deck, maybe two decks. It's been fine, right? Like, it's the kind of... Cre- I've been playing combat tricks that everyone else thought were unplayable in, you know, in my green decks for a long time, and they're always fine. They're they're occasionally occasionally you you miss out, but mostly it's fine. Sudden Spinnerets has actually been uh, an an okay card. In ter- I, I think I like uh, that card much more than I like plus three plus three. So it's just kind of the bad version of that card from Ravnica Allegiance, right? The the one mana like you get a plus one plus one counter and you get to block. Yeah. Except you get a reach counter, which is pretty weak sauce comparison to what plus one plus one. Sure. But it's still like it's fine. Yeah, like you get, to, you get to untap your best creature for the blocking. Um, I don't know. I, I I it's it's a nice trick. It's really cheap. It's hard for it's also has that advantage of being just like well, you know, like in the dregs, right? So like people just play around, don't play around it ever. Reasonably so. Or should they, but and that means you, you, you get to the I only play around it if I've seen it, yeah. right? The only exception is, like, I do think you should be playing around cards like this much more if they have a commander. Sure. Right? If you have a commander, they might be pushing for playables. And you have to respect that. Like, Zerda especially. Like, sure. I've now had two Zerda decks. Both the Zerda decks did work to get Zerda working. And I think if I draft Zerda again, unless it happens to be working really well, I don't think I'm going to try to make Zerda commit. I think Zerda just might actually be more trouble than he's worth. Yeah. Like, just reasonably often. He's still a great card. I will play that card as a card in my deck, but as a as a companion. And by the way, my brain just wants to say commander. Yeah, I know. Properly insulting to say commander. Right? Like, they just... It's just this casual thing that, like, they're trying to like pretend they're not doing in the real game, in the real, trying to bring into the real game when they have no business doing it. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of wanted to start saying commander, but because <laughs> you know, it's not like you're not misunderstanding, right? So, yeah. and then um, there's like you know, toward the enemy. Yeah. yeah, I, you know, I feel like I feel like you're gonna get blown out by this card hard one day. Like I feel like someone's gonna be like setting up some really convoluted block and you're like, oh my God, what are they doing? I'm going to like get three cards here and I'm going to get, yeah, this is great for me. And then they're just going to thwart the enemy and like, it's just completely one-sided for them. But or that alpha strike for the win. Or they just alpha strike for the win and you're like, yeah, kill that guy, kill that guy. Nobody has any damage. I'm you. Yeah, like, this card, card seems like it's a card to keep in mind as, as the format evolves, as, as something your opponents are going to have. Potentially yeah, do alpha, do alpha strike, and if they try to if they try to do a lot of combats, you thwart now and you win the combat. If they they don't, then you thwart the alpha strike to kill you, and then you untap and kill them next turn. 
Yeah. And it's all good? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a card that I keep thinking, like, maybe one day I'll try this card, but then it just never happens. Yeah. yeah. So it's, a fixed, it's a fixed fog. Right, you have to have to randomly have it in your pool, right? And then have it be what your deck wants, because you're not going to pay for it to try it. Right. Right. You know it's not great. You know it's, like, potentially interesting. And then I guess there's Wilt and Plummet. Plummet's obviously the same card it's always been. It doesn't feel like there's that much, like, there, there's enough flying right now to make me care very much. Like, I'll definitely bring it in sometimes, but you, know, yeah. you kind of want, you want that critical mass of the flyers that have to die. And in this format, the flyers just don't have to die the same way they've had in the past, for whatever reason. Right? Yeah. And Wilt, yeah. Wilt I like. Wilt, the natural arts of cycling. Um... I like it a lot just because occasionally you get you get someone. And you know, when you get someone, it's often really good. Man, Thwart the Enemy would be such a messed up magic card if it had cycling. Oh my gosh. That card it would, had cycling. It would, it would completely change the texture of this limited format. Yeah, if we took every one off of a different card and made it put it on that one, like you take it out of go for blood and put it on Thwart the Enemy, <laughs> like everything changed. Yeah, especially at common, like you know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, oh, they could have that. Ugh. Right, like you're not even intending to cast it; you're just you're just representing. <laughs> I might play a right. forest in my cycling decks as a bluff. <laughs> not even have it, right? Just like, what is this forest doing here? It must be for something. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's talk about some of these green uncommons here. Um, auspicious Starix. Yeah, in the running for best uncommon, it, it's insane, right? Like, as, like it's just a, it, it's an amazing value, right? Six, six for five, as a straightforward creature. And when you mutate it, you just randomly get cards for free. <laughs> then it attacks. So probably it's one of those cards that I'm overestimating how impactful it actually is on your win percentage to have it because it's always good, kind of. Right. I will do. I, I know that I do this, right? I know I make this mistake. So I don't want to be too too nice to this card. Uh, but this card is very very good in monstrosities. This card is bunk. Sure. Right, got, yeah, like especially in monstrosities. So. Yeah, I am very happy to start the draft with this card. Um, right. I mean, th this card compares to some rares in the set. You know, like, you know, this is this is like kind of like budget Garuda. This is the sixth Apex. Yeah. Like, I think of this as the sixth Apex. It just happens to be an uncommon in one right. color. Yeah. And yeah, sure, you'd rather have the other Apexes when they work. You know, the last time I... You know, it keeps happening. Like I had, I had a Jeskai deck, but and I opened the Jeskai Apex guy in pack three, and I decided to take him, but I knew I wasn't playing him. And it's like these commanders make me sad. <laughs> they make me so sad. But you know what? I think I'm winning this draft anyway. It's a mythic, and maybe I end up abandoning the commander. You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, so if you like Wilt do you also like uh, Barrier Breach it's the same card right yeah it's yeah 
there aren't artifacts that you ever want to bother killing. You'd rather just cycle most of the time. Right. I mean, sure, if they, play a, if they play a crystal on turn three and you have it naturalized in your hand, you're going to kill it because they played it for a reason. Right. But, you know, that's not actually the plan, right? So this is basically the same card. Occasionally, you'll get two things. I mean, can you imagine I, getting, like, you're the green player and, like, you get to exile two pacifisms? I have I have had this card in my deck while two pacifisms were on the board. <laughs> and I have been, like, you know, rubbing my hands together. Come on! Come on, deck! But it didn't happen. It does cost three mana, which is sad. But since you almost never cast these cards, it almost doesn't matter. Right? He was taking the turn off to do this thing, or like a lot of this turn to take off to do this thing. When it happens, I think it's probably worse than Welt, just because of the three versus two. Sure. The artifact restriction. Uh, but, you know, it's not bad to get three three things. It's probably a more interesting sideboard card and constructed in some places where you actively expect to get multiple things. Yeah, there, there will be formats where this is cool, but you know it's also very hard to play the card. Like it's not like the card is like well, it's not good enough to main deck, but it's not good enough to sideboard because you're never cycling it when you're cycling in. So it's just three mana. So eh, you know almost never. But yeah, but you know green has some jacked uncommon here, right? Like Charger the uh, Forever Beast is a I, I think a pretty reasonable removal card for for the green decks. You often have like these, you know, big fatties we've talked about, like the six sixes and, you know, the five fives and, and you know, all, the, all these other things that, you know, kind of can sit in your hand while you're waiting to ramp up. And this this is a nice bridge to those cards. Actually, as I said in my my, my constructive review, I think of it as an unreasonable problem. Like, I object, right? The council, at the, on the Council of Colors, I, I object. Like, from oh, the... the the ability to, to aim it at Planeswalkers just seems offensive to you? Even a player out of your hand, just directly, this is not green. Unacceptable. Like, I just don't think you get to do this. And, you know, because in effect, in a lot of decks, this is just, you know, destroy target creature or Planeswalker. Right. That's not okay. Right. You know, and obviously it's an amazing card. I'm happy to start the draft this way, etc., etc. I haven't ever had that opportunity from the fact that I don't have a, a copy, so for whatever reason, I've never had the chance. But yeah, that card's great. Um, they have the best mentor, Horn Bash Mentor, because it's a 3-3 three, three for 3. Like, all the others have 2 power, or 1 power. Right. It has 3 power. Right. So this just plays as a creature while sometimes going nuts. Right? You can play this without a target, and it's fine. Which is, which is very different from the other. Um, Lowstone Recluse, that card is so scary. Right? This card is fine as... <laughs> Excuse me. This Sorry. card is fine as a 2-3 or a giant strength that you sometimes put on something. Right. And it's also like, people just treat this as they, they can't call the bluff, right? Like, they can't let this thing live. If they have a red removal spell, they have to kill it. Because if you mutate onto it, it won't work anymore. So they're really scared, and they should be. And so that card's really strong. Um, Leave the Stampede just buries people. Sure. Uh, now this, you know, we talked about Adventurous Impulse. Like, if you're looking for land, sometimes that can be a little tricky. But it also, in these decks where you have a lot of one-mana cycling creatures 
a light land count, a card like Lead the Stampede, you know, you're going to draw like two and a half, three cards off of this sometimes. It is not that weird to have 20 hits. It's not likely to have 20 hits, but it's possible. Yeah. Certainly having 16, 17 hits is, is very reasonable. So this is going to get you reliably two things to do for three mana. So it's a divination for spells, which is a pretty nice place to be. So I'm pretty happy to play it. Um, you know, I, I don't think you have to pay for it very much. It's not in demand slash you'll, you'll be fine if you don't get it, but it's very nice. And Zubrin Wolf Bear, I mean, this thing is very powerful. Yeah, I, I you know, if it, if it hits on curve, it's, it's, you know, it kind of demands action from your opponent. Yeah, we haven't talked about what happens if you do something to it, right? Like, it just, I've always seen it as a 4-4, but occasionally it will not be a 4-4. <laughs> and you will have a human, and your opponent will be very sad. Right. Like, for so, example, if you Glowstone Recluse it and put two plus one plus one counters on it. That is an example of something that might very well happen. Um, yes. And then, um, you know, and then the remaining cards, I have the elemental is just a, you know, a super flexible card that works so well with mutate. Yeah. It works super well with mutate. I did not, I was not sure how it would work with Luris. Uh, had it, it's not a one, one. You're saying it is it's not a one, one. No, it is as much. It is as it is an X X where, you know, X is uh, equal to minus one mana that you have. That is what I read it as, but I wanted to be sure. So yeah, so did I. I, I played yeah. it. I got to. Uh, I actually got to um, come back from one in a game with this, with Luris in play and a bushmeat poacher, and actually just went like gain seven, gain eight, draw a card. <laughs> Over two. Yeah. Turns. By the way, nobody has built the Sultai or Bant Luris into Hydra decks, but yes. they should. Yes, I really, I, so after I, I messaged you after I did this with the Ivy Elemental and you're like, well, why not Hydroid Crisis? I'm like, well, it's not in the draft format, but that's a great question. And yeah, there's, there's enough Hydra's, Ivy Elementals and uh, Crisis. You know, I, I think maybe it's possible that you could build this, you know, with some, some uh, mana ramping uh, creatures and stuff like that. Yeah, I would be very, very sad. It just, it's just super scary. It's super duper scary. I just, the more I think about it, like, Luris, he's just a broken magic card. <laughs> we might have to, I, yeah, I, I'm updating, I'm updating more and more towards, we're going to have to ban the companions and then ban Lur. <laughs> anyway. Because it's just broken anyway. Or at least it's very close to broken. It's very, very good. I mean, that's probably too much. Like, if you actually just made Lurus a normal card, it's probably just one of many broken things to do because cards sure. are so good. But my God, that card. So, and then there's, like, cards that nobody even noticed in the, well, everything else was happening. Like, Migration Path. Right. <laughs> Did anyone talk about how good this card is? Right? Yeah. I mean, this card's good in every... It's been good every time it's ever been printed, right? And now we get to cycle it. This is the best explosive vegetation ever printed. By a lot. Yes. Like, getting to cycle your mana acceleration cards is such a huge game. Because this card is 
worthless to you after a certain point in the game. Right? His card is blank, but it's the best card on the turn you hit four mana a lot of the time. Right? Especially if you've got a greater sandwich line. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Or you're interrupted and you're doing something funky. But, you know, either way. Two very traditionally clumsy green cards have been given a huge upgrade with cycling in this set to me, right? Like Migration Path, obviously a card I always like, but obviously like, yeah, you draw it late and you're like, ugh, all right, fine. But now, great. Also Monstrous Step is another card, right? Like four mana sorcery. I can force a creature to block my big, you know, this creature that I make big. That's kind of cool. And But you never really want to put that card in your deck. You know, like it's, it's always a little situational and, you're like, oh, maybe it's not. But now you just get cycling two on it. And, and this card's a very easy include in almost any green deck. Yeah, I keep not drafting it. Because well, that's, there's something that's, I feel like I need more. Right. Like every step in the draft. But I like it. That's, that's like a card it. you're gonna play if it's in your if it's in your pool, right? For sure. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Titanos Rex, a.k.a. Godzilla. Uh, yeah, you are Primeval Champion. There's too many Godzillas, honestly. It's confusing. <laughs> Godzilla is the monsters. He's not one of nine brothers. This is silly. Uh, come on, check your source material. <laughs> but, I mean, nine is a lot, but it's not a lot. Of us. I've, I've certainly cast it a, a, a couple times. Yeah, I think it's worse than Greater Sandworm by substantial yeah. margin. Uh, by by yeah, very much so. Yes, and the green, is, the green, the green in the cycling cost because it gives trample is definitely painful. Right, you, know, you don't just get the free action. But I do like giving trample to things when you least expect it. I do like paying nine mana and getting an eleven eleven. That option's <laughs> on the table, so I'm not uninterested. It's right. just sort of it's overkill, right? So it's probably, I think it's just not a card that you should prioritize at all. Like you play it if you got it, right? You're great. No, that, and that's that's kind of where I've been with it. I've definitely, I definitely take Greater Sandworm over it uh, if they're in the same pack. Um, you know, the question is, would you take, you know, would you take something like a Wilt over it? You know, can say, let's say you're looking for, you're interested in cycling cards. You are lightly green. Would you take Titanothrax or Wilt? I think my answer is I would take. Uh, okay. I, I would take the guy because the upside on it is very large and the trample is no joke. So I'm, I'm pretty into that. Okay. All right. So that, that are, that are the green cards. Where, where do you have green in your, in your Wooberg order here? I have it as like the third best color, I think maybe fourth. <laughs> black is a hard fifth. Yes, yes. I think the other four are much harder and depend a lot on what everyone else is doing, right? Because, like, right now, I have been drafting a lot of white and red cards. Me too. Because it feels like nobody else understands how this format works, right? At least on Arena. And I keep getting passes obscene white red cycling decks, often with a third or fourth third and maybe fourth color attached to them. But <laughs> when these cards just keep going around the table, when Fire 
prophecy is cheap, right? Let alone the second right. one card. When they have all these supports, those decks just always work, right? And while my while I'm not being put under pressure to do better than that and being given the deck every time, I'm going to take it, basically. But that doesn't mean that green is bad, right? Just green doesn't have... Green doesn't support sort of the spell slash cycling stuff, right, in any way. Right. It's doing a different set of things. It's doing the mutate thing. It's doing the you know, Simic-style acceleration into thing thing, which can combine with mutate. It's doing the I support lots of colors of mana, so I can then cast whatever I want thing. But for now, those don't seem like the things that are being encouraged by the way cards are being passed. Right. So I don't end up playing it. But I don't, I've had to put it forth like strictly for that reason. Sure. I do think at current trends, it's clearly fourth and blue is clearly third for me. But that doesn't mean it's for good reasons. It's just relative rankings, right? A lot of this is just how do you think about this relative to someone else and how they think about this. Right. Right. So uh, let, let's talk about uncommon gold cards. Gold I don't card. think there. I don't think there are any common gold cards. I believe, looking at it, um, I mean, not unless you count the lands. Yeah, the game, yeah. Lands, game lands exist. They are fine cards. I take them much more than my fair share. Sure. I think. I think people are taking cards they are not going to need over game lands when they shouldn't do it. Yeah. Like, you should be taking game lands on speculation with one of the colors, something you don't expect to play, over cards that can be fungible. Right. Because you never know. Yeah. You know, yeah it doesn't Things cycle, bombs happen, weird gold cards show up, commanders are open or passed to you. Be prepared. You know, be flexible. So, maybe that. But yeah, no, let's take a look at these cards. So Arena sorts them in a weird way. But uh, we can start with uh, Jubilant Skybonder here. So this is, you know, we talked about like the ultimate, like limited staple of, you know, what do you do with a three mana flyer for that's 2 2? And that's, that's what this is at core. But it has this writer that can be annoying. Right. So. I'm definitely fine with this if this casting cost is easy. Right? Like two hybrid Azorius. Some decks, you know, if you're playing both colors or you're very happy one of them, it's fine filler. You know, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm not excited by it. I don't think that extra flyers do that much to make it better. In general. You know, it's fine. But I'm not that into the flying deck. Like as a right. deck deck. I don't, I don't think it has the kind of support that it needs. So I'm not treating this as anything special. Uh, next up is Dire Tactics. So I, I'm very into Exile Target Creature for two mana. That part seems yeah. great. Yeah, I've... Uh, I, I had this card the other day. I had two of them. It, it seemed great. Um, I did have uh, my human killed in response to exiling a Godzilla. And that didn't really work out for me, but I knew yeah, what I was I knew what I was risking at the time. There's a reason they call them dire tactics, right? <laughs> they carry some risk. 
but this is clearly a good, very, very good card, right? I, I would be unsurprised if this makes, breaks it into a constructed, right? Because right. like, at worst, with the two mana removal spell, it costs some life. And if you have a couple bunch of humans in your deck, sure, why not? Like a knight deck could play this as just pretty hard removal. Right. So I expect this card to be pretty solid. I am pretty happy to take this pretty early. The only concern is, of course, that it's got a black mana in the casting cost. And now you're committing yourself to multiple colors, one of which is pretty loose. So if you're not playing the white-black go-wide deck, your mana is going to have some problems, right? You're going to have to do something that you don't want to do, potentially. Right. But I'm still like, this This, wor- this card is worth the effort, right? This card and is this, worth it. And this is the kind of card that you are thinking about when you're talking about picking up those game lands. Right. Like, if I can pick up the game lands and it, you know, in Evolving Wild and a little bit extra, I can have those three or four sources for free, play one swamp, and right. suddenly I get my dire tactics. Right. right, and maybe I get and, and cast my memory, you know, thefts. And, Your memory leak, yeah. Memory leaks, yeah, exactly. The next step is a uh, general's enforcer. This is a lot more of a reach, right? Like it's, yeah, you get to start, you get to start creating one ones, but it's a lot of men to do that. <laughs> so, I'm really happy to do this as a just straight two drop. If I'm just black white, that's two three two drop that has an upside. But I'm not going to do work the same way I was willing to do work for dire tactics. Sure. Right. And I'm not going to take it first, knowing that it's going to be awkward the same way. I'm just going to be happy to have it if I have it. Yeah. Right? Uh, we we've already seen this card show up in constructed, um, you know, in the uh, hero precinct one decks all already, and be be pretty uh, pretty powerful, but. Yeah, not, not something I'm looking to do uh, in Limited at all right now. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that it made it that far. In those <laughs> decks. But I'm also surprised. What's the commander in those decks? I don't know what they're doing necessarily. I think, I think when we saw this, I don't think they had, a, I don't think they had one yet. Their deck is terrible. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying this card doesn't, like, maybe marginally improve them because it's a gold two three two mana two three that like interferes with people in useful ways but there's no way this card is going to make the difference when decks that were already as good or better than you just have an eighth card in their opening hand like just not possible so I, i hate to be totally dismissive but yeah i don't think you can play decks that don't have a commander without a very, very good reason, right? Companions are, are mandatory. Like I saw the Doom deck and I saw Yorian and I was like, oh yeah, the deck's real now. Again, probably. Or at least it's got a can't, it might be real, right? It's gonna have a, a lot of problems because other decks have gotten so absurd, but I like being able to play a bunch of master bunch of removal right now. The deck always had so many cantrips that it was easy to, you know, have more than 50 cards that you were happy to play. It already kind of was flirting with three and a half copies of a bunch of the cards that it wanted at the top end. And now Yorian is actually like draw four. <laughs> so, yeah, I can be into this, right? Like, let's talk. But, uh, yeah. So, so Necropanther. Um, this card is very good. It's, you know, either a solid three drop, 
or yeah, mutates to get that card. So like, it's, much, it's, a, it's a good thing to put as the base, right, to mutate something onto. Right. Because then you get the card back immediately. And it's a good card to build a monstrosity with, right, because you're continuously getting back cards. Right. So I feel like this card is only okay by default, but then can get very good if you're doing crazy things. And if you've got, like, just tons and tons of stuff. Then... Return, returning to the battlefield is... Is, uh, is is pretty powerful. The, the trick is you're paying four mana for a three to, to change the toughness and power to three three on some creature and then get a three drop back. Well, well, you, not, you can you can put it under. You don't have to change the power and toughness. You can put it under the creature. Right. I think that is a, like a benefit, right? Like if, right. if you're just paying four mana to to raise to resurrect a three drop, you're not that happy about it. Sure. But I think you're overpaying. It's not that the card's bad. The card is good because it's flexible. But, you know, it's definitely not as good as I first thought when I saw it. It's much, much more math. But also that's because it's black. But you, this card is... Obviously, you can, you can splash it and then use it as a mutate creature if you miss. Right. With the splash power. But you really don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I think this card is a 3-3 cre- a three, three creature most of the time. Like, you want to mutate onto this, not mutate it. Right. So, Cunning Nightbonder, um, this brings up the question of the whole, like, this really supposed to be a blue-black flash deck. Yes. I say supposed to. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> I have seen, I have lost one match to my opponent playing the gold creature that makes all your flash cards cantrip more than one game and riding it to victory. It can happen. But, the payoffs just aren't there, is my current belief. Either it happens, but it also happens in every format, right? Some people get overexcited by the blue black card advantage deck, and you can't ever draft those cards because those people just take those cards way too high. Right. And I think that has happened again. And if those people were to calm down, the blue black deck would be playable, maybe. But like a lot of black cards want to go the black white route, they want to go the go wide route. Right. Not the black route, and so black becomes pretty thin when you're doing this. And I just don't think your cards are very good, and your synergies are not that high a payoff compared to, say, the cycling synergies or the mutate synergy. So I just don't think that deck's there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I haven't seen it. I mean, cutting Night Bonder's fine, right? Like, it's sometimes you get to pick off a token with it or do something, you get a little. You get a little, you know, bit of something happening. It makes your black um, spell that asks you to sacrifice a creature. It lets you give flash to that card if you have it in hand. You know, it's 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 a nice card, but it's not. It it doesn't um, it doesn't really point to a deck like you think it might. Yeah, it's not a problem playing the card in the blue black deck where it's castable yeah. on her. It's just yeah, it's just not gonna do matches the way that. It- you kind of think it will. All right, you're not going to do the thing. Right. Uh, Spike, Spike's Dragon is closer to you might do the thing. <laughs> this what card... Do you, prefer, do you prefer the Sp- Sprite Dragon or the uh, pet? You mean the 1-3? Three... 
So Sprite Dragon is one one flying haste. Or are they both the same? Are they wait? Are they both just the same thing? Yeah, just that's just a Godzilla. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I've only ever seen it as Dorat, and I'm like, where's Dorat then? I think the Sprite Dragon is the better the better artwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the better name. So that's my judgment. I don't want to. <laughs> I want a dragon that gets freaking huge. Come on, man. But and I've literally only seen this as Dorat. I've never seen Sprite Dragon before. Every draft, you, every draft you enter, you open a Godzilla card. And at this point, a lot of us, if you don't get it in the first few packs, then somehow you just, every creature just transforms into weirdness. It's annoying. Yeah. Yes. But, so my evaluation of this card is if you aren't there, and this is just probably a 2-2 or whatever, it's still pretty good if you're playing both colors. And if you are there, Cards house. Yeah, I've I've definitely had this card and had it be a house, you know, uh, play it on turn two, uh, play the human, you know, the make two to forbidden companion or whatever, uh, make two things and then play one with uh, one, one of one mind, draw two cards. This is a three, three attack for four on turn three, um, you know, and a deck that had redundant pieces all over the place and was able to do that pretty consistently and, and that deck was great yeah I, I'm, I don't think there's a constructed deck here but that's a function of companions more than anything else <laughs> you don't have a choice uh, so Lord Dracus um, I'm gonna you know Hot take, this card's terrible. <laughs> okay. I, I, I've certainly liked this card quite a bit, but uh, I have not played, I'll be fair, since you and I have started talking a lot about draft over the last week, um, I've ended up in way fewer decks that actually ever pick it. So I think you've, I think you've a, a sec effectively... Talk me onto your side without realizing you had. Right. The trick. The trick is, is it's one of these cards where you pay two mana, you get back an instant or sorcery. Okay. <laughs> right. So, in my mind, the only reason you play Lord Dracus is if you are going to combine it with additional mutate creatures, right. and you have useful spells to get back. And to me, you're just asking too much. Yeah. Right. Occasionally, you'll live the dream, but. No, 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 guys. Next one up. The next red-blue card. Much, much better. Channeled Force. I was curious. I'm now I was curious. I love this card. Uh, I've been very, very happy with it. Uh, you, you're, you're into it? I am very into it. Yeah. I mean, the seas are so ominous these days. <laughs> it's great. It's great with ominous seas. It's also um, it's a great draw out of Mana Flood. Like, it just gets you right out of a flood. It, it, it changes the way you play the game a little bit sometimes, right? Like, you just, you're like, oh, wait, I have this in my I have this in my deck. I don't want to just play lands out, right? Like, I'm hoping to cash these lands in with this card at some point. Yes, it is. The, the problem with this card is that if you use it, add a removal spell and dump your hand, you get flooded. But if you use it later in the game, dump your land, as well, you're pretty happy. 
And often you'll have lands to dump on turn four that you don't want anymore. And you'll use this as a removal spell all the time. And it's an instant speed card. Mm-hmm. And I just found the flexibility of this card is, it's so, the upside on this card is so high, right? That even if it occasionally sits in your hand and does nothing, because there's nothing to kill and or you don't have the cards that you want to discard, that's okay. Right? I am very, very happy to play Channel Force in the appropriate decks. Sure. So I am definitely feeling this card. It's, it's definitely one of those long-range cards where you think you might get it back, but you're, you're actually concerned you won't sometimes if your pack is not that great. Card is very good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be very happy with it. Yeah. The next up is this card that I just find hilarious. Uh, Sonora's Howl Bonder, right? The, the menace, double menace. Like all your sure. menace creatures are double menace. I am very sad they couldn't find a way to word it, such that it stacks. I really would like it if you had two of these, that you needed four creatures to block them. Right? It would almost never matter, but it would be great. Uh, and it would be the meta second constructed would potentially like occasionally live the dream. Potentially. But I would say this card is acting like, you know, you're, you're just trying to make menace happen. <laughs> it's not to happen. Like, it's just not there in the density that we need it to be, nor would you want it to be in there in that density, right? It's not a good mechanic in that, that loud. Right. Like yeah, I, it is. yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, every time you see the card and it draft, you're like, oh wait, oh no, that's right. It's just, it's fine. You know, it's it's a it's a reasonable creature to put in your deck. But it's a uh, lot like a, it's a animal rare, right? Like, yeah, you can't really be blocked. Yeah, but like occasionally, at least something else can't be blocked in exchange. Occasionally, it gets blocked. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a phantom warrior. It's a little easier to cast. It's always something more important to me. Cards have gotten better, etc. Yeah. I will shrug. Yeah. Um, then we have Skull Prophet, which is the kind of thing that's always been my jam across so many different formats. Yeah, this card's been fantastic for me. I, I love this for the Lurus uh, Hydra Jultai deck, for example. Oh, sure. Yes. Let's it's do perfect. it. Perfect. Right? Let's just milk cards if we want to. Let's just sell right to our hydrants if we want to. Which we cast a Skull Prophet as well. Let's just do it all. Like, we're in, right? It's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really like having real power on my elves. Yeah. And, and this definitely delivers that. So, uh, this card is almost certainly underrated. Hasn't found a home yet. Um, there are multiple commanders, though, that this could potentially live with. So I'm hopeful that it will find a home. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, like you said, I think the, the, the Hydra Lurus deck, that, that's going to be a, a pretty sweet thing to try to pull off. Yeah, my guess is it's not good enough because it was already kind of funky and slow. And like the, it, does, it, it needs to have really aggressive ways to respond to the black decks. And if they ban Lurus, they ban Lurus. So, you know, it's not going to be easy. But maybe you figure out how we cry the, you know, you, you sideboard for cry the Cranariums and you figure it out. I don't know. It's, uh, you got to be brave. 
The next up is Boneyard Lurker. Uh, so, I, I've 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 not played with this card, but I've just gotten ground to dust by this card on the other side of the table multiple times. Yeah, it's one of those cards that there's basically no downside if you end up playing it as a four mana four four. Nobody's that sad. If you end up mutating it onto a small creature and regrowing something once, you're definitely not bad. And every now and then you just destroy people. Right? Yeah. You mutate onto something, you get back a mutate creature. You mutate onto it, you get back a mutate creature. <laughs> it's also one of the cards that uh, you don't mind so much if, you know, it gets... I, I mean, I've seen situations where, you know, you pacify a mutate stack. Doesn't end up being the worst case scenario with this because you can just start pulling some other creatures back from your graveyard and just do some cool things. So, um, yeah, this card, this card's been really good against me. Again, I haven't, uh, I haven't played it yet, though. No. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to make it, I mean, make it happen. I have had it in the deck, but I haven't made it happen. So. Back, Back for, for more. more. Yeah. I, I have definitely just said, okay, you got me. Yeah, I was, uh, again, was doing that draft with Reed today. And, like, this was the card. This was Reed's first, like, draft. He hadn't tried. He just he's been playing like vintage formats with companions while he still can, right? <laughs> while they still let him. He just does. He and knows he, that his time is short, and he wants yes. to take advantage of it. And so, uh, so he, he had done a draft. So we're going through the set, and like, like somewhere around the third or fourth pick, there was a back for more in the pack, and he was like, "Oh, this is the kind of card I like to play." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? but. Yeah, I think we might have taken a Denrith Stinger over it, but, you know. Good. That's a good choice. <laughs> or a Fire is, Prophecy. Yeah, it's fine, right? I have no problem playing this card, but let's not get overexcited. Yeah. You know, if you're not, this, if this is not who you are, don't worry about it. Yeah, Pr pretty exciting. If, to you are, like to have, if you're likely to have cycled cards that are 7-7 seven, seven or higher and bigger in your graveyard, or 5-5 five, five or bigger in your graveyard, you know, by yeah. all means. Right, and I'm probably underestimating how often you can make that happen when I say that. But right, yeah, you know, it's six mana, instant speed, get a guy, fight a guy, pretty solid. So, you know, I want to say I, I've been sleeping on this card a bit because it's just not the kind of thing I've been doing. But I should keep a closer eye out for it. I haven't drafted it yet. Yeah. So, yeah, proud wild bonder. Seems very underdrafted right. Yeah, I, I haven't. Uh... This card is very, very good, right? It's It can just go to the face every time and let your other trample creatures go to the face every time, and it's very easy to cap. Yeah, yeah. So yeah I, I, definitely have, I definitely have not. Uh, I, I've definitely had some decks that would really enjoy having this in their uh, in the ram through deck. But uh, yes. I have not, I've not had a chance to pull pull this guy off yet. Yeah, I would say like this card is worth specking on faster than people are doing. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Regal Leosaur. Um Oh, now we're up to the color pair that really shines in uh, the uncommon slot. I mean, I am not as high on on Regal Leosaur as. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, this is the third. This is the third of the three, right? Like. 
Bye, bye, bye. Yeah. It is a two it is a two drop with upside, right? It's a two drop you can then mutate on to get triggers. Or it can actually go wide. And there's right. nothing wrong with those options. I'm just not excited. Right. Exactly. Fine. Right? As a, it was worse than the white and red like cycling common two drops, right? Because they just cycle. Right. You know, but and 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 you also have it's also competing at two at the same exact casting cost with Survive Thundermane. Yeah. So speaking of Bunkersville, <laughs> who gave this thing good numbers? Right? Yeah. Like, who said you were allowed to be a card that would be good without text? And then you had text. <laughs> and oh my, do we have text. Yeah, this card, uh, this card is, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, Just like, everybody, stop passing this card. Like, seriously, this card is better than most of the rare. Like, this card is, I understand you don't want to start a draft with a gold card. I get it. But, you know, I'm getting this card tabling sometimes. Like, be willing to think about splashing. Right. Seriously. Find a way. This card is bonkers on turn two. It is bonkers on turn six. Speaking of uh, gold cards that have been tabling, I, I, now I haven't, it hasn't been the case this week, and you, I've had to pick it higher, but Zenith Flare is a card that was going very late in the early days of this draft format. Yes, I had not respected even the cycling deck the way I should have until I had one. (laughs) It's still not not the best thing ever because it's still fundamentally, you know, a removal spell most of the time for four mana that kills something. But But, I mean, there was was like a four mana lightning helix type spell that dealt four damage, gained you four life, uh, and you always played it. And occasionally it's ten. Yes, that's the thing with this one. Occasionally, it's dead. You, you take this. I've gone to face for a lot. It has happened. Yep. yep. Uh, I have basically not been willing to take it as early as you now have to. Sure. To get it. That's in great, yeah. I don't basically. I don't want to take. The question is, do you take this over one of your good cycling cards? Right. I, 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 think, think, I think that once you have this card. Uh, a lot of your cycling cards become much more fungible. So I think maybe you do. Um, I don't know that I would take it uh, early in the first pack, but in the second pack, I would certainly I would certainly take it over a random cycler if I had a pretty good sense of that's where my deck was going after pack one. Random cycler, yes. But like, I, mean, I still think that the, like, the red common is better. Denrith, um, you'd rather a Denrith Stinger than this. Yeah, I think it just it, it makes things impossible to go wrong to have more of those. Like, the more of those you have, just like everything is good. Sure. So I'd be, I'd be very reluctant to, to reach for this necessarily, even if I knew I had it. But I mean, if I just feel like I didn't, I just needed it, or like, and if you get there, if you fully get there, then yeah, this is amazing. I had a hilarious draft where I had a Zenith Flare and an Offspring's Revenge. Ooh. So, like, I kept cycling cards into my graveyard, but I also kept removing them to make creatures. 
<laughs> Peter Parker going up and down and up and down and up and down. <laughs> that's that's pretty sweet. I have not I haven't played with that card yet. Offspring's Revenge is a weird card. It's I think basically only good in the cycling deck uh, because you just don't have enough fodder otherwise to pay five mana for the thing. Right. But in the cycling deck, a lot of the cycling one and two drops play very very well as one ones. Sure. So you're you're pretty happy to get just to get a second shot at them. So that's what them cycle. Right. Um, next up is Alert Heed Bonder. So, you know, the 2-4 Vigilance at common in green, it doesn't have this text. This has this text. The text helps. Sure. So. Yeah, you, you gain a little life every turn off of it. Um, yeah. In some weird situations where you have... I haven't had it with multiple Vigilance creatures, you know, or like... A, you know, getting it going with a Frondland Felidar where you're able to, like, tap multiple creatures on your opponent's side of the table, gain two, gain three life a turn. You know, you can see a scenario where it gets crazy, but it's kind of like we talked about that Menace Tribal earlier that doesn't really exist. Uh, the Vigilance yeah. Tribal is kind of hard to pull together. It's very sad this card doesn't work with Kahira, right? There's a, there's a Lord that gives Vigilance, and yeah. it prevents you from playing this card in your deck. Like, it's not even legal. <laughs> Like, come on, man. But, you know, the card's fine, obviously. It's just not where you want to be, right? Like, you'll play it if it's, in your, if, it, if it's in your pile. You'll probably play it. It's good magic. But you're not thrilled. Right. So then we have Primal Empathy. I, I love this card. It's very hard for me to know how much to prioritize this card. Right? Because, like... It definitely has let me fall behind and been awkward. And it is a gold card that's kind of annoying to play sometimes. But you're describing yeah. my sweet spot, man. <laughs> and you can, you can be stranded. You can definitely be stranded with no creatures. Yeah. Or it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Or where you're just doing counters forever and they don't do that much. But yeah, it's just a very solid card if you're already those cars. I don't think it's a good enough card that you want to be reaching for those colors to get those. Sure. I, I've, I've, been, I've been very happy with it in the decks that I've had it in. Right. Uh, and, you know, found it to be pretty powerful. It's actually a card that I found myself splashing for on a couple of occasions. And yeah, I don't, I'm very, very happy yeah. with that decision in like a green-black deck and then splashing blue for a couple of cards, including this. Yeah, I wouldn't splash this alone. I can see splashing for this and something. But sure. I, I don't splash this alone. The other two uh, gold Simic cards, on the other hand... Go ahead. Are you we going to talk about Parcel Beast? I mean, sure. We can start with that one. I love I love Parcel Beast. It's <laughs> I just... I love this card. I love just, you know, grinding away with it in, in a game. Um... And I, I've had it a lot more than I've had the other one. So this is immediately where my, my mind went when we started talking about it. Um, also a card that's just, unlike some of the other um, mutate cards, it's a card that just, you can do, you can use its ability without it actually mutating. So it's, it's kind of uh, somewhat unique in that regard. I mean, there's really not, there's very little wrong with just playing this card before mana and just start drawing a card every turn. Right. Yeah, it's 
could have done that more, more than a few times. But that's not really the all-star Simic uncommon, is it? No, not limited. Yes, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Oh, you you like Trump? You like Trump? You like uh, Parcel Beast and Constructed? I think it's definitely got potential. I mean, when you announce Parcel Beast for two mana mutating onto something, what's the response? Uh huh. Right. Like you kill the creature, you get a Parcel Beast. So you can't kill the creature before an activation. So right. nothing that bad can happen to you when you do that. And in particular. I think this could be a very good piece of, you know, various forms of I'm going to accelerate using Arboyo Grazer. Mm. I'm going to mutate on a Grazer on turn two because I had a random creature that didn't do anything. Oh, God. <laughs> and so the question is, can we get another source of a creature that, do any, that wasn't doing anything that was worth having? And if we can get one more, I think we're in business. Interesting. You know, certainly... Now Neither yeah, it's, the, it's it's not trumpeting Nar though in limited. No, no, it's not. I get a three three for three, and then every time the thing mutates either direction, I get an extra beast. So like in these decks of lots of mutate, you just start mutating onto this thing, and then the game just ends. Right, you just take over completely. It's it's right. insane, and if you don't have it, it's still a three three for three. So yeah, right. this card is pretty freaking great. You know. Right. I don't it, think it, its fail yeah. rate is Mike Flores qualifies for the Pro Tour. No. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's a constructive deck here, but it's certainly fun as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking through, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, uncommons, you know, we talk about like Sleeper Dart as a common card that you generally don't want to be playing, but like does a, a passable imitation of cycling if you just need to, to draw cards. But I, um, again, I, I played it this morning, but I had the same thought that you told Reed Duke. I don't know if that's why you told Reed Duke or what, how it came up, but the reason I played two sleeper darts in my deck which I had Luris. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, exa that's exactly why I've played it. Uh, and it's been good in those 40. Times. I don't put Luris in my 40. Come on. <laughs> I got Luris early enough. I got Luris like ridiculously late, by the way. People keep, I don't, I don't understand. Like, guys, Luris without the commander text is broken. How is this hybrid card still in this pack? Yes. I, I've I've played it in my forty multiple times because I've gotten it late and haven't been able to pivot the deck in a way where I could play it. But like, it's just a powerful magic card in yeah. play, especially if you have all these cards like cycling cards that are you know cheap. So you you get to cycle a Denrith Stinger and then play a Denrith Stinger. Same thing with a Denrith Healer. Play a Denrith Healer. Sleeper Dart, draw a card, activate it, keep something locked down, replay Sleeper Dart is a really nice turn. Yeah, on, on reflection, I should have played at least one more land after sideboard, maybe two more lands in my first round match. Because I think my opponent had zero non-mana non -mana screw equity in that match. <laughs> it is literally impossible for me to lose unless I drew not enough land. Because as long as I don't expose Lurus to a counterspell, I was playing blue-white, Lurus resolves, 
And then what are you going to do? Like, pacify your creature. Neutralized it. Next turn. Pacify your creature. Oh. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Handful of colorless cards, uh, you know, that are just devoid, I guess. Adaptive Shimmerer. Five mana for a Flash 3-3, which is clearly there at common to be, you know, mutated upon. Uh, Farfinder, kind of also there to be mutated upon. You know, basically doing the Pilgrim's Eye impression, but also gives you a vigilant target to mutate onto. And uh, Mysterious Egg, which is an O2, and whenever it mutates, uh, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And these are all very much desperate for some football for the creatures, right? Like all of these options, like Sleeper Dart as well. As sort of, if you need this specific thing, we will get you right. a specific thing. Right. And Farfinder is probably a little bit less bad than the others, like because Vigilance plays remarkably well as the baseline for a big thing. And those decks will often want to splash around a lot of covers so they can have all the different mutate cards for their monstrosities. So I'm probably under respecting Farfinder. But Adaptive Shimmerer is like the card that like occasionally they go end step Adaptive Shimmerer, untap, mutate onto it, attack with like a seven, eight or something. <laughs> like, oh, that's unfortunate. Right? Yeah. You got You but got me. Exactly. Yeah. The, 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 the best card in this filter is the land evolving wilds, right? Like just when I put up colorless commons. Right. And like by a mile, it's like evolving wilds. Evolving wilds is very good. In fact, the thinning effect is much, much more powerful than it is in other formats. It's worth noting. What's that? It's worth noting getting rid of that land is actually meaningful. Oh, like, sure. It, again, in, a, in the thing where you're condensing your deck and... You will uh, often draw an average of two cards a turn for the rest of the game. Right. And many decks from here. Like, I've often, like, I cut the number... Also, like, I've got 13 lands to start my game. I cut the number of lands left in my deck from 10 to 9 on turn 1. <laughs> nice very nice yeah. alright so that is completes commons and uncommons here for uh, Ikoria Lara Behemoths with Zvim Auschwitz um, we'll still talk about the Princes of Monster Island we'll, we're going to go I think do another episode we'll talk through some of the rares and mythics and maybe how you uh, build a deck around them because I think one of the interesting things sometimes with um, rares especially some of the splashy rares that are in here is like, you know, what do you need to do to make those cards work? And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit on the next episode. But in the meantime, uh, this has been Zvi Moshowitz and me, Brian David Marshall, for Top 8 Magic. Thanks so much for listening. We will uh, we'll see you in the draft queues.